0: The message you are about listening to is from Pastor E.A. Adeboe, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. 1 Kings chapter 18, maybe we will just take it from verse 43 to 44. First Kings, chapter 18, 43 to 44. And said to his servant, that is, uh, Elijah said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, Go, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. Last Sunday we considered the seven possible prayers that Elijah must have prayed. We quickly go over that by telling you that we believe he started with thanksgiving, and then moved on to praise, and then moved on to worship. And then he started reminding God of his promises. And then uh, we believe he then called on God to arise, And then told God to prove Himself again, and started thanking God in advance. The question we want to ask now is, why the seventh time? Why must God wait till the seventh time? Because um, not too long before then, Elijah prayed only once and fire fell. So why must God wait? For seven times before he answered. Number one, God is sovereign. Psalm one fifteen verse three. Psalm one fifteen verse three tells us that our God is in the heavens, he does as he pleases. You can query him. In Daniel chapter 4 verse 34 to 35 Daniel chapter 4 from verse 34 to 35 Even an idol worshiping god Nebuchadnezzar told us no one can say to him what doeth thou you can query God in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 39, Deuteronomy 32, verse 39, God himself made it clear. He said, I kill, I make alive, and nobody can deliver out of my hand. <laughs> he made all things, and he can do whatever he likes with what he has made. He's a potter, we are just clay. In Romans chapter 9, from verse 10 to 14, Romans 9, from verse 10 to 14, the Bible tells us that before Jacob and Esau were born, God had already said, Jacob I love, and Esau I hate. Oh, you don't like what I've decided or what I've said? Go ahead and sue me. In Isaiah 43, verse 13, Isaiah 43, verse 13, He said, I will walk, who can let? In other words, what I want to do, nobody can hinder me. We sing one of our choruses is, when God says yes, nobody can say no. When he opens a door, nobody can close it. If he closes a door, nobody can open it. He went as far as to say in Isaiah verse 54 from verse 16 to 17, Isaiah 54, verse 16 to 17, he said, I'm even the one who made wasters to destroy. I made them all. There's nothing that was created, that was not created by me. And he said, That's the reason why I can say no weapon fashioned against you can prosper. In Romans chapter 9, verse 15 to 16, Romans 9, verse 15 to 16, this sovereign God said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. That's why I'm praying for you today. May God have mercy on you. Because in Lamentation chapter 3, verse 22, Lamentation chapter 3, verse 22, the Bible made it clear it is of the mercy of God that we are not consumed. Just His mercy, period, is sovereign. And thank God that mercy is renewed every morning. That's why you are able to be listening to me today. Because God has decided to show mercy to you again. He is sovereign. Now, talking about the seven times. In his sovereignty, he controls numbers. In his sovereignty, he controls numbers. For example, he reserved number one for himself. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Number one is for God. That's why he's the only one who should really say, I am. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 to 14, Exodus 3, verse to 14, says, I am the I am. So when you say, I am the boss, who are you? There's only one fellow called I am. Only one fellow is number one. And number one, therefore, tells us the power of unity. That when people are united, they become as powerful as God. Genesis 11, verse 6. Genesis 11, verse 6. When the people decided to build the, the, the Tower of Babel, a tower that will reach to heaven, God said, the people are one. They're united. They become like me, one. And he said, there's nothing they want to do that anybody can prevent them from doing. He said, even me can't stop unity from achieving their goal. He reserved number one for himself. Number two, he made that the number of cooperation Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. He said, Two are better than one. In Matthew 18, verse 19, Matthew 18, verse 19, he says, If two shall agree as touching anything they ask on earth, it will be done for them by their Father in heaven. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 24, Genesis 2 verse 24, we see this again. When God said, a man will leave his father and mother and and will cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. Cooperation is the next thing to the almightiness of God. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, Matthew 18, verse 20, he said, We are two or three. He just put three as all. We are two or three are gathered together. He said, I am there. Number two, is it number four? Cooperation. I hope you will learn from that. Particularly those of you who are married. Cooperate. And you'll be able to achieve marvellous things. Two of you pray together in agreement and you'll get an answer all the time. Number three is the number he assigned to Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Matthew 28, verse 19 says, When you are baptizing people, baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. What does three stand for? Trinity? It stands for establishment? It stands for stability. Number three stands for something that is Firmly settled. That's why you have the three pot stand. Being used anytime you want to cook, you put something on it. You know it's not going to fall fall down because there is stability where you have three. He said in his word, Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse twelve, Ecclesiastes. 3, 4 verse 12. He said a threefold cord is not easily broken. That's why you find in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Acts 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. God the Father anointed God the Son with the Holy Ghost. And then the three of them began to move together and miracles began to happen. Number four is the number for pillars and the boundaries. When we talk about the four corners of a house, You put the pillars to hold the house together. Or when you talk about the boundaries of a man's possession, you you, you find, i just give you a simple example so, so, so that we can cover all the grounds we need to cover. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 to 15, Genesis 13, 14 to 15, God said to Abraham, I'm about to give you this line. Walk through it, length and breadth, and breadth. From the east to the west, from the north to the south. Four corners. The boundaries of what I'm about to give you. Number four stands for pillars. Boundaries. Number five. I mean, almost every Christian knows that. That's a number for grace. That's a number representing help that you do not really deserve when you are singled out for help. For example, in Genesis chapter 6 from verse 1 to 8. Genesis 6 from verse 1 to 8. When God wanted to wipe out the First world, the Bible said Noah found grace in the sight of God. The the Bible did not tell us that he, he, he was much, much better than all the others. But he found grace. My prayer is that you too will find grace from God today. That's why the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 4 to 9, Ephesians 2, 4 to 9, it's by grace you are saved, not your work. We said it again and again. When some people are giving their testimony, they will say, when I found Christ. Christ was not lost. It was Christ that found you. And Jesus Christ said clearly, John chapter 6, verse 44. John 6, 44, No man can come unto me except my Father draws him. It is grace that brought you, not yourself. When you hear a sermon and all of a sudden you feel hungry for God, you want to surrender your life to him, it is grace at work. The Father offering you help That you do not even deserve. And then the number six. That is known as the number of man. Special number assigned to man. Probably because man was created on the sixth day of creation. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26 to 31. Genesis 1, 26 to 31. Let's make man... In our own image. And double six, 66, is not even a bad number. In other words, six, the number of man, is not bad. <laughs> it is the number representing when God decided, as it were, to duplicate himself in one of his creatures. There's nothing wrong with number six. At least, even in my own tribe, the number six is regarded as uh, a very favorable number. Sixty-six is not even a bad number. For example, the Bible is made up of sixty-six books. Thirty-nine in the Old Testament, twenty-seven in the New Six becomes dangerous when it is repeated three times. Six, six, six. And how come that one, which is the number of the Antichrist, which I'm sure you know very well, how does that one become dangerous? Because it is man trying to uh, challenge the supremacy of the divine trinity. It is when man wants to say, I am God. That's when it becomes a very dangerous number, indeed. Revelation chapter 13, from verse 11 to 18. Revelation 13: 11 to 18. We brings us to the number we are interested in right now, and that is number seven. And that is the number of perfection, the number of completion. The number of when good becomes very good. The number of rest. You know in Genesis chapter 1 verse 31. Genesis 1 verse 31. The Bible tells us that God after he created man. He now surveyed everything he has created. And said behold it's all very good. And then in Genesis chapter 2. From verse 1 to 3, Genesis 2, 1 to 3, God said, now I can rest. Everything is completed. So seven is the number of perfection. So maybe God was waiting for the prayers of Elijah to become perfect. Maybe that's why he had to pray seven times. Now, but because of the sovereignty of God, he reserves the right as to when to answer a prayer. It can answer you when you pray only once. <laughs> and that means He can answer you immediately. In Matthew chapter 14, from verse 22 to 32, Matthew 14, 22 to 32, when Peter was walking on water, and he began to sink, he cried only once, "Lord, help!" <laughs> the Lord didn't wait for him to cry the second time, because if he waited for the second cry, uh, it might be too late. If he had asked Peter to pray seven times before he brought him out, and there would have to be the need to pump out a lot of water out of him. But occasionally He wants you to pray twice. Like in Mark chapter 10, from verse 46 to 52, Mark 10, 46 to 52, when Bartimaeus cried the first time, they silenced him, or they tried to. It was when he cried the second time, louder than before, that Jesus stood still, and he got his miracle. At times, you have to pay thrice before the miracle will happen. First King chapter 17, from verse 17 to 24. First King 17, 17 to 24. Elijah had to pray three times over the dead son of the widow of Zarephath before the boy came back to life. The same thing was repeated in Second King chapter 4, verse 18 to 37. Second King chapter 4. From verse 18 to 37, Elisha had to pray three times before the son of the Shunammite woman was restored. So we can go on and on and on. But because of time, occasionally God waits for you to pray seven times. For example, in Joshua chapter 6, From verse 1 to 20, Joshua 6, 1 to 20, the angel told Joshua, you must go around the city seven days. Go around the city of Jericho seven days. The first day, second, third, up to the city, go around once. On the seventh day, you must go around seven times before you shout in 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 1 to 14 2 Kings 5 from verse 1 to 14 Naaman had to dip himself seven times in the river Jordan before he was cleansed What lesson are we to learn from this you are supposed to pray until your request is granted don't count the number of times you have prayed because in matthew chapter 15 from verse 21 to 28 matthew 15 21 to 28 that woman whose daughter was grievously vexed of the devil kept on praying the apostle tried to drive her away she didn't pay attention she kept on praying until she got a request. Jesus said in John 16, verse 24, John 16, verse 24, he said ask till your joy be full. You just keep on asking until your joy is full. As a matter of fact, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, the Bible says we are to pray without ceasing. Keep on praying. Don't count the number of times. Pray without ceasing. The only thing you must do is make sure that it is not sin that is delaying the answer to your prayers. Because Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2 made it clear. God is not deaf. He's not weak. He's not tired. His hands are not shortened that he cannot see. Neither his ears heavy that he cannot hear. It, sin can block the way. So before you begin to pray at all, check that there is no sin blocking my way. Which is why again and again I keep crying. To those of you who have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and have been praying and you are not getting an answer. Stop pretending that you are born again when you are not. Surrender your life to Jesus. Let his blood wash away your sins. Or if you have been born again and you are backsliding, sin is an insulator. It prevents your prayer reaching God and it prevents the power of God manifesting in your life. Therefore, once again, I'm calling on those of you, first who are backsliding, come back to God. Sin is a killer. He won't allow your prayers to get through. But if you return to him, he will restore you into fellowship with him. As for those of you who have never even surrendered your life to Jesus, you are just pretending, come to him now. Let him save your soul. Let his blood wash away your sins. And everything will become brand new. Shall we pray? Those of you who are calling on God for salvation, call on him and say, Lord, have mercy on me, save my soul, forgive all my sins, and I will serve you from now on. And every backslider, cry unto him and say, Lord, I'm coming back home. Restore me, Lord, and I will serve you for the rest of my life. And I will join my prayer to yours, my faith to yours, and God, We answer your prayers. Let us pray. My Father, my God, I want to bless your holy name once again. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for revelation from your word. Please accept our thanks in Jesus' name. All those who have decided to come to you now, please receive them, Lord. Save their souls and let your blood wash away all their sins. Let them serve you for the rest of their lives. Let everything become brand new for them. As for backsliders returning home, Father, please restore them. And don't let them ever wander away from you again. And I pray that together, everyone, the newcomers, the backsliders who have been restored, and the rest of us, as we cry to you one more time, please grant our requests. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please join us on this same station at this time. For another wonderful experience, as Pastor E.A. Adeboye exposes the deep mysteries in the Word of God.